and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Story Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Hey there, it's Ron Doyle. Oh, so far, 2016 has been a rough year for Anglophiles. I mean, we've lost Lemmy and David Bowie and Alan Rickman already. And it's not even February, and this just the outpouring of grief and nostalgia and admiration over the last few weeks has been overwhelming. But man, it's kind of inspiring, and you know, it's it's clear that England still just has this immense influence on American culture. When the news of David Bowie's death hit social media, this week's storyteller Taylor Gonda was the very first person who came to my mind. And people were reaching out to her on Facebook as if Bowie were a biological uncle, you know, with good reason. I mean, time and time again, Taylor has proven her love for all things living in the shadow of the Union Jack. She's a longtime favorite of the narrators, but you may know her best as co-host of These Things Matter, the greatest pop culture podcast in all the land. Taylor's story was recorded back in September 2014 at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Schooled. Um, as long as I can remember, I've been two things. I have been known for two things. I've known for being a know-it-all, and I've been known for being an Anglophile. And uh, as a know-it-all, I must explain to you what an Anglophile is if you don't know. <laughs> it's really a passion of mine to tell people things that I think they don't know, even if they do know it. Um, an Anglophile is a person who's obsessed with anything English. And, and also, I will tell you that that's different than British... It's a, it's a little different. British is England, Wales, and Scotland, just that island, and then the United Kingdom includes Northern Ireland. So technically, it's the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, just, just so you know. That's what we know-it-alls do. <laughs> um, my Anglophilia uh, began mostly due to the Beatles. I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't listen to the Beatles, uh, I mean, my mom may have played it in my crib. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, and as a kid, if you know anybody who grew up with the Beatles, like, like as kids, some adults do this too. My aunt kind of does this. But um, it's as if the Beatles have created a fantasy version of England. There's Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields and The Fool on the Hill. I had to write some of these down. Uh, you know, you get your tan from the English rain, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh's there, Dr. Roberts there, Maxwell in his silver hammer, they're there, Sexy Sadie's there, Eleanor Rigby's there, Polly, Polythene Pam is there. They're all there. They're all occupying the space. And it, to, in my mind, it kind of looks like the Yellow Submarine mixed with A Hard Day's Night. Uh, or if you've seen the opening of the Beatles Rock Band uh, video game, which you should, and if you want to play with me, please let me know. Um, it's like this animated version of that, and they end up like on this psychedelic journey with all these animals, with this walrus, and they're drinking tea on top of his head, and it's, oh, it's great. It's amazing. Um, so as a kid, that was in my mind. That was real. That was a real place. That was what England was. Um, and that was further when I was in high school and I became obsessed with Monty Python, because of course I did. Um, and then it was filled with men in bowler hats and umbrellas who did really silly things and, uh, gumbies who wear her kerchiefs on their heads and, and just a million different accents. And, 
uh, uh, pepper pots through, you know, when the pythons dressed up as women and did high-pitched voices, um, and the colonel coming in that saying things weren't, you know, were too silly, and, and all of that. And, and all of that was England to me. And actually, I, 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 as I kept going, you can just go and go and go if you're a know-it-all. You have to know it all. So you, you, you research and you learn and you listen and you watch and you get obsessed with the Who and the Stones and the Kinks and Bowie, oh, Bowie, and T-Rex and Elvis Costello and Bond and Guy Ritchie movies and Blur and Oasis and Eddie Izzard and Doctor Who and Dudley Moore and Peter Cook and Look Around You and The Goon Show and Mr. Bean and Mighty Boosh and A Bit of Fry and Laurie and Black Adder and every great actor ever, ever. And uh, uh, Oscar Wilde and Shakespeare and Yeats and Keats and Austin and Shelley and, and on and on and on. And right now I'm currently in a very big Smiths obsession, just FYI. I mean, this is all great and everything, but if you guys want to like stop what we're doing and just like dance to the Smiths, that would be fine by me. Um, but all of that congealed into this world. This is England. This is what it is. This is where I need to be. This is the place for me. These are the people who are going to get me. They're going to love and accept me. And I need to get there and be with those people. So when I was 22, I uh, found a way to get a work permit, a six-month work permit. And I saved up uh, $3,000, and I got a ticket, and I booked a week in a hostel, and I was just going to go. I was going to go. And I did six months of research because I'm a know-it-all. <laughs> and you really don't need to do six months of research. FYI, if you're going somewhere, that's a lot. I had a binder like four inches thick of just like what to do in an emergency, all about the National Healthcare Service and, and what roads to take and what restaurants to go to and, and, and who you should talk to, you know, if you have a government issue, like where the embassies are, you know, just anything, anything I could think of. I had a binder and I had, I had every travel guide I could get my hands on and I was prepared. I had it all figured out. And uh, what I expected was that I was going to show up going to show up and I had bought a special messenger bag because I thought this is what the English people are going to like. They're really going to like this messenger bag. <laughs> and I had sewn uh, a patch of the Who on it and Spinal Tap and then you open it up and there was like a picture of Monty Python on a piece of fabric that I had sewn on there. And I was like, this is perfect. This is my calling card. I don't, I don't think I could have expressed it at the time how much this, this, I felt that this was going to be the thing. I was going to go to England. I was going to sit on the tube. I was just going to just take the tube everywhere because that's what you do when you're in England. You just take the tube. And I was going to, I don't know, pull out a book, like, like a really British book. I don't even know what it would be, but a, a volume of Shakespeare or something. And some English person across the way was going to see that. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, Spinal Tap. I love Spinal Tap. And, oh, Monty Python. I love Monty Python. And then they're going to hear my accent. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking for whatever reason, and they hear my American accent. They're like, oh, my God, an American who loves my country, knows everything about my country? My God, I have to go talk to her right now. And, of course, they'd be gorgeous. You know, they'd, be, they'd look like Morrissey or something. They'd just be gorgeous and skinny and tight jeans. And, and they'd come talk to me. And I would, I would tell them everything and I, I knew about England. Like, oh, of course I know what you're talking about because I'm an enlightened American and this is where I'm supposed to be and of course we're supposed to meet. And they'd be so thrilled to meet an American who is enlightened in this way that they'd be like, you know, I have, I have a beautiful flat in the best part of town and I'm going to have a party tonight and you should come to this party and all the best people in town will be there and you're going to be friends with all of them by the end of it. And then I just, just, Go around London just, just with my new British friends and we'd all be 
fantastic together and saying things like, oh, absolutely, all the time. Like, all the time. And just, like, quoting Python to each other all the time, and I'd live there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, you may have guessed that didn't happen. I am here now after all. Um, I got off the plane, and I was exhausted because I hadn't slept because I was so nervous and scared and excited all at the same time. I was 22, I should say. I just got out of college. And uh, I didn't know anybody. I, I got off a plane. I didn't know anybody. I was going to be there for six months by myself. And uh, I got on the tube. And I took it all the way into London. It takes like an hour to get into the middle of the city. And I was just sweating the whole time. But I was going to do it. God damn it. This is where I was meant to be. These are my people. This is my my country. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I got out of the tube and I immediately got lost. Immediately. Because when you come out from underground in a new city, you have no idea what direction you're you're supposed to go or where you're facing, even though I had a map. And I will say this is also before smartphones. This is before wide, widespread use of the internet. So I just had a map. And eventually, after freaking the fuck out for a little while, I, I found my way to the hostel, which is a place called The Generator in Bloomsbury, which is one of the biggest hostels in Europe, actually. I found out later it was formerly a police station. Um, again, know-it-all. Um, but... Um, this this hostel was was billed as like the party hostel, so the cafeteria turned into a club at a certain point at night. I don't know why I thought this would be a great thing. I thought maybe I'd meet people at this club. I am not a club person. I would rather just sit at home with a book. Thank you very much. Um, but I got there and I got into my room, which was with 12 other people. When you're 22 and, and you're looking at the prices of hostels, you're like, oh, I could sleep with 12 other complete strangers. Sure, yeah, that's no problem. And um, I got my stuff on the bed and I put my other stuff in the locker and I was like, God damn it, I'm in England. I'm going to go have dinner at a pub. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to go to a pub. And I went to the first pub I found. And I don't know if you know about pubs in England these days, but a lot of them have been corporatized. They've been bought out by liquor companies, beer companies. So, like, the chalkboard that would really, you know, write your specials on there is not actually chalk. It's just, like, a font that looks like chalk on, like, a, a board that they just mass ship out everywhere. So I went to one of these places with, like, you know, I got, like, bangers and mash. I was like, yes, I'm so British. But it was just, like, I mean, you might, I might as well have been eating Stouffer's. I mean, it was, you know... But I wasn't deterred. It was fine. It was totally fine. It's no problem. I'm going to go sleep in my hostel and get up the next day and go to the offices of this, this place where I had my work permit and I was going to get it all sorted out. And, and I get into the hostel and I start meeting some of my, my room flatmates. I started saying flat a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, some were, some was, uh, one of the guys was Swedish. There was some Australians. There's always Australians when you're in hostels. Uh, they're from all over the world. And I, slept, I got in my bed. Oh, and there were a couple guys. Uh, one guy was from Birmingham. Uh, I don't say Birmingham anymore. I say Birmingham. Uh, and one guy was from Manchester, and they were here, like, as construction workers in the summer. So, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, real Englishmen, yeah, you know. I, so um, I slept. I got up, and I went to uh, – everybody already got up. I don't know. I slept, and I think my alarm didn't go off. But um, I was still, like, going to be on time for this meeting I had at this hostel or this uh, – office where my my work permit was from but I got to the communal bathroom and I forgot what it was like to be in a communal bathroom uh, I hadn't had one in a while and I forgot all my stuff and I'd already like 
stripped naked in the shower and it's like oh shit i don't have my stuff so i had to get, put all my my clothes back on go back to the hospital to the room get all my stuff go back oh no i forgot you know it, it happened like four times i had to go back and forth and back and forth so it took like two hours i mean i was just out of my mind so i finally i didn't get to go that day i had to just like accept that i wasn't going to make it on time to this meeting this this office i was supposed to go to so i i went to the british museum and i and i hung out there and that felt good i always feel good in museums i don't know about you guys I love museums. I love libraries. They're kind of the same everywhere all over the world. So I enjoyed that. And then I got back to the hostel and the two guys, the two um, uh, English guys were like done for the day. And they were like, hey, we're going to go to a pub. Do you want to go or whatever? And I said no, just because, you know, they were in their 40s and I was 22. And I was just like, I that might not be the smartest idea to go with complete strangers in a country where you don't know anybody. You just landed um who seem a little a little strange so i said no no i'm fine so i just stayed in the hostel and read and i got in bed and and around midnight one in the morning the door slams open and one of the guys walks in and he is fucking pissed as they say in england he was drunk just loaded out of his mind and he had decided for whatever reason that he was sick of all of us He's like, all oh, you fucking foreigners, all oh, you fucking foreigners in my fucking country. And he's banging on the, the, the locker. He's like, get your fucking shit and get the fuck out of here. And he was going on and on and on and being super loud. And I am 22 years old and I'm lying in my bed in a bunk bed on the bottom bunk. And he's woken everyone up. There's no way that anybody is sleeping through this. And I'm, I'm shaking and holding my blanket and just thinking, maybe if I just stay still, maybe if he just thinks I'm sleeping, he won't, like, attack me. He won't, like, throw me out of this room. He won't punch me or assault me in some way. Maybe if I just stay really, really still. And this goes on for about ten minutes. And thank God his friend, he must have ran away from his friend or something. His friend comes in and says, oh, Mike, what are you doing? You know, like, trying to calm him down. And he finally gets him into his bed. And I can't, I don't sleep the whole night. And their alarm goes off. The guy has an alarm. The guy has an, like an actual alarm clock, like an old timey, like ring, 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 like crazy alarm clock. That goes off at like five in the morning because they're going, they're construction workers, so they gotta go to the job site. And I, I, I can't sleep there anymore. So I go to the front desk and ask to have my room moved. And I am shaken for a good week after that because and england continued that was the first few days england continued to shake this fantasy land i had this idea because england is just a city it's just like any other city or london i'm sorry london is just a city it's just like any other city just like new york just like la just like anywhere here if you were to arrive in new york on your own by yourself as a young person you may not encounter such a friendly place and um I met lots of friends and I had a good time, but in a lot of ways it shook me up and England and London schooled the shit out of me. And um, I'm kind of glad about it, actually. I'm, I am who I am because of it. So, thanks. Taylor Gonda. Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our intern is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, 
And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. Very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Lego Pete's, Greater Than Records, Sexy Pizza, Sexbot Comedy, From the Hip Photo, and Breckenridge Brewery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.